0: Hello everyone, this is not a podcast episode, this is a presentation I gave to my class on a paper titled, The Market as a Creative Process, by James Buchanan and Victor Vanberg. And in this presentation, it was my first one with no notes, so I was pretty animated, Um, and my professor at the end told me to relax. But I think it was an interesting presentation, if you follow along with it and I hope you enjoy it. I think we can all agree that socialism is no longer a viable option, nor is it a practical option. But what separates us in this room in the greatest economics program compared to the rest of the world that studies economics is distinctly our techni- uh, technical economic analysis and, and how we view economics um what's what what really is the critical point between libertarians and anarchists uh in understanding human action is the economics it, itself so what exactly is the orthodox economics or the neoclassical economics that is being taught because So when we look at the neoclassical school of microeconomics and the Keynesian macroeconomics, um, they can be interpreted as rebuttals to socialism. And for example, when we take uh, in this article, some of the economists that wouldn't ever agree that the market can be something that is planned. For example, Henry Simons uses the example of competitive Um, competitive markets to demonstrate a basic price theory in order to refute the idea that a centrally planned economy can efficiently allocate the resources. As well as uh, Pollyani looks at um, the minimization of bureaucracy in a metaphor of shaking a sack of potatoes, where the volume is minimized When you have this localized and decentralized system of of knowledge and information, as well as Barry uses a metaphor of similar to the Adam Smith analogy of the invisible hand. He says the market is so magnificent. It seems as if there is an omniscient planner. And, you know, this is this is very interesting perspectives on economics. However, um, and I, I will dive into the more of the issues of the neoclassical school of economics later in my in my presentation. But what the neoclassical and orthodox schools of economics thought are good for is refuting socialism from an allocationist perspective. Or in other words, they look at the allocation uh, allocative process. Of economics. So, and what Israel Kirzner tried to do was bridge this neoclassical orthodox um, school of economics with the Austrian subjectivism school of economics, and Kirzner essentially developed this idea of discovery of air. What Kirzner said um, was that the neoclassical School of Economics, they completely ignore the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is the critical component to a market economy. The entrepreneur is someone who takes the resources, uses his creativity to create more productive and efficient goods and services to the consumers. And uh, this is very important. And really what Kirzner created was the knowledge problem that the neoclassical school was forgetting. So, Kirzner developed the um, discovery process of, uh, well, did not did not develop, he, d- he developed, but he did not um, invent or, or create. But this is what he emphasized, was the discovery process in the market economy. Now, the discovery process, or the knowledge problem, is something very vital in refuting socialism. But... As Allen points out in the what he calls the new evolu- evolutionary synthesis, which is looking at the market as a creative process, or what uh, authors like Shackle, Lockman, Wiseman, Littlechild called radical subjectivism, is this idea that essentially creates a completely distinct barrier. From Kirzner, the neoclassicals, and obviously the socialists in their interpretation of economics. So, what this, I'm going to write is the neo evolutionary, and essentially the neo evolutionary synthesis and the radical subjectivists looked at the market from the creative process. So, let's revisit, if we will, the neoclassical. School of Economics. Essentially, where they begin is looking at equilibriums, and today we've been talking about equilibriums, but the concept of equilibrium belongs in this deterministic quality, that there is a future state of affairs of the market that we can reach, and we just need the knowledge in order to get there. And so, in essence, if we knew this knowledge, we can allocate the, the scarce resources in a society to properly achieve the end that we're looking for. And this is the idea that uh, in a competitive market, you know, supply and demand achieve this form of equilibrium. The issue with this is that the neoclassicals are stuck only in viewing economics in this box of allocation and just assuming um, if we uh, uh, assume the uh, excuse me the um, starting points, right, if, if uh, we begin with certain assumptions, then everything else follows, and this is what Kirzner corrected of the neoclassical school, he said that there, these assumptions are 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 impossible to begin with because the hum, humanity humans are so creative that this is not something that can be assumed away. And um, as Wiseman says, this is a gross perversion of humanity to look at people as these aggregates. It. it it helps a lot if you just Revolve in the neoclassical school To say hey we're just going to assume people Act in these ways so we can create Our aggregates and we can put them Into our mathematical models It's as if uh, the neoclassical Schools you got to remember in the Historical timeline Have this physics ending They're coming off the cuff of the Scientific revolution They wanted to fit in with the Newtons and the um, The uh, the, the physical scientists. So what they're really trying to do is look at economics as, as like chemistry equations. If we add this ingredient, this much quantitative easing, we will achieve this much unemployment and this much efficiency. And these are all formulas, but people are not put into formulas. So Kirzner was great on this, on the creative process. The issue with Kirzner, however, in trying to use um, This term discovery of errors is that he's looking at the world in which we're always in this state of errors. Not everything is efficient or productive enough. And what's really interesting is the ancient Greeks and Romans, when they made their marble sculptures, it was this process called techni, which is getting closer to the ideal. So if you look at in the ancient Greek society, the Minoans, their first sculptures, they look like aliens. They were ugly. And over time, they developed more human-like characteristics. So Kirzner is thinking that the market process is like this, this marble sculpture, that if we just keep chipping away, if we find the errors that exist, and we correct these errors to use the resources more productively, we're achieving this, uh, this uh, more... Accurate, uh, more efficient, this better world. The issue with Kirzner in the discovery of air is that he's as well looking at the world in which there is a destination that we're heading towards. So, in this sense, he tries to take the cross sectional analysis uh, and combine it with the intertemporal analysis of the market. Um, but this is just not possible because, because the temporal dimension is not comparable similar to the spatial dimension You do not know what's in the future You don't know what you don't know and, and this is the whole point with the neo-evolutionary synthesis and the radical subjectivist Is they're saying that however you look at economics If it's not from this market as a creative process then really, what you have? So when you look at the economics and the market process as something other than a creative process, then really these these different perspectives of economics, whether from the Marxist perspective of where we're headed in the next evolution of mankind towards a, a absolute determined determined position of humanity. Or a more moderate residual teleological perspective of Kirzner in which he says the market is still something to be found But we know that it's it's headed towards this um, uh, More more efficient more productive state however you look at it. It's the deterministic quality that differentiates the radical subjectivist from all of this because The radical subjectivists, the people who look at the market as a creative process, are saying, hey, the future is something to be discovered. If you look where we are right now in the present moment, then it's a non-linear system of where the future can go. Humanity, when we look at uh, human beings, they have subjective values. They value things not in these aggregates. And so, so what this means is that that the, the, the economy is a non-linear system everybody else is trying to make economics a linear system in these models and this is this is the craziest part is when I was back uh, in my undergraduate studying in Los Angeles I had an English professor he asked me what I was studying and I said I'm studying economics and he says oh you know I think economics is this made-up science and I was speechless. But at the same time, I didn't know how to respond because I don't blame him. I don't blame him because what I call the econometricians, I call them economagicians. If you change one variable, you can prove whatever you want to prove. And that's the whole point. These, these neoclassical economists are, are social planners' light. And Mises berates these, school, these schools of economic thought because the, he says what they're teaching at these universities in economics is nothing like what economics really is and and this is the whole point going into the 20th century when we get onto this fiat money standard you need to justify government intervention and how do you do that by making neoclassical economics and Keynesian macroeconomics and Kirzner tried his best to combine the discovery process the creativity of the entrepreneur with uh, the the Orthodox economics, but it falls short because the future is unplannable. Originality is the only thing that's original. You cannot predict how a human beings will act. Their values will always change. The same person's value changes even at different times. Uh, and people different people value different things differently. So, to conclude... Um, as we move on, economics is not about things it's not about tangible objects it's about men their meaning and their actions thank you